Hi, everyone. I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth. And this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. This week's guest is Dr. Beth Westy, author of the best-selling book, The Female Fat Solution, the creator of the 12-week female hormone solution, the Eat for Your Cycle Method, and the host of the Female Health Solution podcast. She's made it her mission to change the way women view their health, working to educate and empower women to take their health into their own hands. In this episode, we talk about everything you want to know about women's health, including all things hormones, how hormones affect weight loss, how to work with your natural cycle through nutrition and movement to achieve better health. We also chat about protein intake for women, intermittent fasting, adrenal fatigue, and so, so much more. I hope you enjoy this episode. Keep listening to learn more. I'm so excited to share with you that our number one selling granola is now available at over 3,000 Walmart stores nationwide in the cereal aisle. This is a dream come true to have our granola more accessible in so many locations across the country. Our original granola was my very first granola recipe and has been a favorite of our fans ever since. Our recipe is made with organic oats, superfood grains and seeds, lightly sweetened with coconut sugar, and a hint of cinnamon. It has a delicious, salty sweet taste and that perfect crunch. To make it easy, I have a link in the notes section of this episode to help you find a Walmart near you. Happy shopping! Dr. Beth Westy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on today. So excited to pick your brain and talk all things women's health. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So we always start with your story. And I know that your personal story certainly affected how you got into the field of women's health and hormones. So we'd love to start with that personal journey and and what got you where you are today. Yeah. So I just dove headfirst down this rabbit hole from having ovarian cysts. I have three kids. And after I had my third, I had my first two in grad school and then graduated, started a business and then had my third and she was a preemie. So lots of stress, lots of things going on in life at that point. And I'd never had cysts before, never had issues before, but the combination of hormone issues, all that stuff, I started getting cysts and they would burst every single month now. And with a type of PCOS that I had, it was very, very painful. Like it would put me on the floor. Just and what kind of pain for anybody who may have this and they don't know, although I'm sure if it was that painful, you would know, but like, what kind of <laughs> feeling is that? It would take my breath away. I would start sweating, sometimes vomit. Um, the first time it happened, I went to the ER because I thought it was my appendix. Like it was so bad. Like I couldn't move, couldn't get, Whoa. I couldn't get up. And I went in and they were like, it's not your appendix. You had a cyst rupture. And I was like, cool, cool. That. Okay, now what? <laughs> yeah, because they were like, well, it already ruptured. So good luck. Here's <laughs> like, okay, like here's some painkillers. And and I had cysts for over a year and a half. And it was really, really tough to exist, just to live my normal life, to be a business owner, to be a mom, to do all the things. And it was awful. And then I dove into the Eastern medicine background I have. I'm licensed in Chinese medicine and acupuncture. 
And I started working with my hormones differently, you know, eating for my cycle, doing all this stuff. And I was eventually, it didn't happen overnight, but after several months, able to have my cysts subside. And it's been about 10 years because my youngest is 12 now and I have not had a cyst. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) And I know a lot of people get into the field that they're in because of an issue that they had. And the biggest problem I had was not only having the cyst, but I, it was like, no matter where I turned, because for a year and a half, it's not like I just sat around like, oh, hope it gets better next month. You know, I kept doing things. I kept trying different things. I kept trying a new supplement. I, you know, I had changed my diet and I was eating a pristine diet, you know, dairy-free, gluten-free, no sugar, no alcohol, no red meat, all these things. And it helped, but they still kept coming back. And that's where I really had to just go head first into <laughs> really looking at my hormones and working with my body differently. The cyclical pattern that we all have throughout the month and, and honoring that and not forcing myself to just eat the same every day of the month, eat differently throughout the month. And that's helped my hormones immensely. And that's what I teach women how to do now. Wonderful. Yeah. That's amazing. So you figure this out. And then at that point, is that when you start really practicing with other women or, or what were those kind of next steps to opening your own practice? Yeah. So, um, cause I'm a, I'm a chiropractor by training. So I had a clinic like that was, you know, I was in practice. I had a clinic where I would adjust people full time. And it was, I started actually working with women over my lunch hours because this was different. Women would come in with issues, hot flashes, hormone issues, fertility issues. And I would write down on a scrap of paper, okay, eat this stuff this week. Okay, come back next week and I'll give you a new piece of paper. And that was it was literally just like thrown together scraps of paper and it started there. And it without me even trying or saying anything, I had more women and more women coming in asking, okay, you saw my friend and you gave her this stuff to eat. Like, okay, what should I be doing? <laughs> and it just, it ended up growing to a point where, you know, I had to make a choice in my business and I decided to sell my office and jump full-time into speaking, writing. So I've got a couple of books out and teaching this message. And I've been doing this for... Uh, almost eight years now, I guess. Yeah. Fantastic. So in your practice today, where do you see kind of the biggest issues that women are, are looking for help? Is it around cysts? Is it around fertility, weight loss? Or all over the board. All of of the above. (laughs) (laughs) It's really all of it. And part of it comes from, I think this is a this is a whole rabbit hole to go down on its own, but like the history of Western medicine and how, you know, our health system is not designed for a female body. It's not designed to honor how our systems and hormones shift and change throughout the month. And it's not a bad thing. It's just different. And when we acknowledge how our system is different, it makes it easier to have a healthier lifestyle and it makes it easier to just exist and, and do things get things done, be productive, all this stuff. Um, There's a great book called Doing Harm that talks about the history of this, like how a lot of studies were done on males when they test medications or things like that, or they do animal testing. It's done on like male rats, right? They just don't 
test on females. Yeah. So a lot of the recommendations and things like that, sometimes women wonder like, why is it like this? How did it get to be like this? Why am I so frustrated with my body and how it's functioning and how, where did I go wrong? And it's like, you didn't, you're following a map that's not made for you. You know, like you had just said that you came from New York city and moved to, you know, Colorado. So it's like, if you were lost in the mountains, if you were hiking in the mountains in Colorado and somebody, and you were like, dude, I'm lost. Can you help me? And they'd be like, sure, here's the map. And it was a map of New York city. You'd be like, great. <laughs> Thank you. Right, this is not applicable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is a map. It does tell you where to go. However, I am lost in that place. <laughs> yeah. So that's what it's like trying to navigate sometimes, navigate our health issues, our hormone issues, and then just even to find a a healthy lifestyle overall that you can follow and maintain. Because that's the biggest piece is that it feels like sometimes that you're constantly trying to play catch up. So that's the biggest frustration where I feel like we've been led astray, but not because we've been doing anything wrong. Most of the women I work with, like they're very smart very well read research things. And it's not until they come across things where like, oh my gosh, I realized I've been doing all these things and I, I haven't been taking my hormones into account. I've been working out like a man. I've been eating like a man. I've been treating my female body like a male body. No wonder I'm stuck and frustrated and I don't feel my best. So. So do you also think it's a combination of, yes, we've been testing all this stuff on men. And, and so not applicable, there's that part. And then also layered on top of that, the amount of changes in our environment from a hormone perspective, that's also elevated all these issues, right. On top of like, on top of realizing, Hey, this isn't working for us, but also we have more issues because it's way more easy, easier for hormones to get out of balance in our world today. Absolutely. I think we don't realize the impact on our bodies on all the, you know, people, the general term would just be endocrine disruptors, right? Chemicals, things like that, that are in our products that you use, you know, your shampoos, your face products, lotions, candles, all of these things that we all love. (laughs) Who doesn't love a good smelling candle? Right. right? Absolutely. (laughs) But it, it can be damaging to your hormones, to your endocrine system. And I do, I also feel like there's a phrase out there called pink it and shrink it. I never heard that. (laughs) uh, Yeah, it's uh, the, the, they call, or or sometimes called the pink tax, where they literally take the same product, go in the store next time you're there, look at this, they'll take the same product and they make it pink and they make it more expensive, Mm. like razors, men's razors and women's razors. You can have the exact same razor, the exact same side, the same number of blades on there. One is black for men and it's like $2.50 and then pink one, you know, Ooh, it's pink. It's got a flower on it. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> 375, you know, I don't, again, I don't know if those are exact prices, sure. but that's the markup that they do with a lot of different products out there. And they do it a lot to market things specifically to women. And I see this a lot, especially with food or nutritional products, things like that, that are geared towards, Oh, this is a women's vitamin or it's a women's protein. Oh, it's for women. There's less nutrient in it. There's less like a protein powder made for women. I'm using air quotes with my fingers. You guys can't see. There's actually less protein per serving in it. That does not serve our bodies or our health overall to just eat less. Dr. Stacey Sims, she's a PhD who actually does some research on her specialties around female athletes, endurance athletes specifically. Women are not small men. 
So it doesn't serve us to just, oh, just eat less, you know? Nope. We are physiologically different and our body needs to be acknowledged differently because of that. Yeah. So when you start working with women, what are some of those top things that you really, you know, start with, Hey, I'm having these issues. Again, we said it's an array of issues, whether it's weight loss, whether it's PCOS, da, 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 da. but where do you start? And mm-hmm. what are some of the things that we'd be like most surprised to learn about? Yeah. Ooh, that's a good question. So a lot of times we'll start with hormone testing. My favorite test is called the Dutch test. And so we look at comprehensive hormones, look at actually what your system is doing and how your system is. And what is that? What is that test? What is it looking at? Yeah. So it actually looks at different types of estrogens and then how it moves through your body of more than the term estrogen is actually for a group of hormones, not just one thing. It tests the breakdown of that. It tests your progesterone. It tests what your testosterone level is, is other androgen levels adrenal function, cortisol levels, nutrient levels, and even tests like dopamine metabolites, things like that. So it really get a good scope of how is your body functioning overall? And so often, so I will hear a story of somebody who has say PCOS or endometriosis, something like that. Uh, Maybe somebody who is in perimenopause. So she's like, I've had some hormone issues before, they're flaring up again. I'm under stress. I'm trying to eat healthy. I'm trying to live a healthy lifestyle, but I'm really struggling overall with just feeling good in my body. I'm so exhausted. And I, oh, I just got to get to the gym. I just got to be more motivated. I'm just losing motivation. That's what it is. So they're thinking it's their mindset. I don't have enough willpower. And then we look at their hormone report and I'm like, yeah, you don't have any cortisol in your system. Like you are flatlined. So no wonder you can't get out of bed in the morning. You don't have anything, any get up and go. There's just no gas in your tank. So forcing yourself to do it is actually depleting you more. And the more you force yourself to do that, you you can become more nutrient deficient. It's like you're trying to fill a bucket, you know, all the healthy things that you're doing. I'm, I'm eating healthy. I'm taking good vitamins. I'm going to the gym, all this stuff. You're filling this bucket because you're thinking if I get my bucket filled, I'm going to feel good. Well, if you have holes in your bucket, I don't care how many things you're putting in the bucket, it's still going to leak out and you don't get to retain it. So that's what we look at on the Dutch test is what's your body actually doing? Where are the gaps? Where are the holes? And how do we patch those holes so that your body can function better? And like the surprising thing that I have seen recently, again, more in the last, we'll say six to nine months than ever, is that is adrenal issues. Like so many people's adrenals are just crashing. I so just, let's do a quick like one-on-one on adrenals. Yeah. So adrenals are glands that sit on right on top of your kidneys and they release cortisol. So they respond to stressors. And the common phrasing is adrenal fatigue. I'm using air quotes again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if you wanted to learn more about what that is, you would Google or research HPA axis an HPA axis dysfunction. And that is hypothalamus pituitary to your adrenal. So that's the brain stimulation to your adrenal glands that tells it what to do, where to go, all that stuff. And because any type of stressor on your brain will trigger that. And it can be a stressor in the form of the three categories I like to talk about are traumas, toxins, and thoughts. Any one of those three categories, anything from that stress impacts the brain, triggers that HPA axis, and there go your adrenals. So 
a lot of times women that I chat with, they're like, well, I, you know, yeah, sure. I have some stress, but it's not any different. Like I, I feel the same. I'm doing okay. Okay. Well, where would you rate your stress at a zero to 10? 10 being like the worst ever. Oh, maybe it's a seven. All right. That's not great. How long has it been a seven? I don't know. Four or five years or so at least. (laughs) (laughs) No wonder your system is so mad. No wonder it's so depleted. No wonder you're having a hard time getting up. Like, holy bananas. There's only so much you, you can force yourself to do day after day, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, really learning more about, okay, this is actually how the system functions. And then to really honor where I'm at, I I talk about the starting line. Like we all think that, okay, I'm going to go on a weight loss journey. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to start this race. I'm at the starting line. So when I start, I'm at the starting line, here I go. Well, if you have adrenal issues, if you are exhausted, if you have nutrient depletion, you know, like you have gut issues, suffer from insomnia or sleep issues, you're not at the starting line. You might be on the side of the track. You might be in the parking lot. <laughs> maybe you're a few blocks you're at down. Home. <laughs> yeah, you're still on the couch. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to start this and this is going to be great. And it's always, it's always a good thing to try and make healthy lifestyle choices. But where it gets to be really tough when you're doing more harm than good is where you're forcing yourself to do things that you do not see any result from and you do not feel good from, you know, like I'm going to wake up and work out every morning. Well, there was a gal I, I worked with. This was last fall. She had been forcing herself to get up at 4.15 every single morning just so she oh. could work out before she went to work. And I was like, why? Why are you getting like, you're exhausted, right? She's like, yeah. And so she would be so tired that she would sometimes fall asleep in her car in her driveway. Oh, my God. Her. Yeah. So I was like, why are you getting up so early? well, I got to get my workout in before work because that's when my metabolism is the highest and I have to do this and this. And I was like, listen, if you're that tired, your metabolism is not going to work anyway. It doesn't care. (laughs) Like, so we just adjusted her schedule. We had her do workouts after work and it took several weeks, but all of a sudden she was like, I feel way better when I wake up. I've got more energy. And she goes, my workouts are actually getting better. Like I'm getting stronger at my workouts. And I was like, yeah, you should be, if you're working out or lifting weights, you should get stronger. That's an indicator that your body is responding positively. Yeah. So interesting. And yeah. it's all about like really listening to your body. So I guess a couple of questions, one, just going back to the testing. So I assume for people like their general visit to the doctor, they're not doing these sort of tests. So this is something that one would have to go to someone like you ask for these hormonal testings to really be able to get an understanding of what's happening inside. Yes. Unfortunately, which is unfortunate. Western medicine does not, they just, and this is a whole other thing too, but insurance is health insurance is not actually really hoping to get healthier. (laughs) You know, can blood tests be helpful? Yes. But it's only a small piece of the puzzle. Whereas a Dutch test you're looking at, you get all the puzzle pieces to put the picture together. So you do have to sometimes dive deeper, do more, you know, advocate for yourself. And the Dutch test, they have a website where they've got a lot of great information and having somebody go over the Dutch test with you and explain what's going on is really, really valuable. Um, I mean, I hear that a lot where women are like, what did she say the other day? This was just a couple of days ago. I went over a test with somebody and she goes, I feel so seen right now. Yeah. With what I was seeing in her labs. She's like, I've been feeling like this. And she goes, I thought I was just crazy. 
And I was like, no, you're not, you're not crazy. Like the mood swings that you're having, all this other stuff. I was like, I see it here and how your body is not processing your hormones right, um, correctly. So like, you're not detoxing, you're not methylating. You can see it right here in the numbers. And she's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I just feel so So validating. Yes. Validating. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's super interesting because so many of us, particularly women live in a state that we think is like normal, where even your example of the woman who was stressed at a level seven for the last four years, like in her mind, we're all at a level seven and that, and that is actually normal or having fatigue or what have you. So I'm curious to hear I guess we'll we'll use adrenal fatigue, given that you said that's like one of the most common things that you're seeing recently. What are some of those symptoms that someone who's listening might be starting to put two and two together to say, oh, wait, this might be something more than just I'm tired in the morning? Yeah. Yes. Great question. So the being tired is obviously a big one, but some people are like, oh, I'm tired. Oh, let me just have more coffee. Let me have caffeine. You know, and that feeds but, adrenal fatigue, right? That's like yeah. the worst thing you could do for absolutely adrenal. right. Temporarily, does it help you with your right? When people are like, "How do I get more energy?" I mean, like technically, there's a lot of ways you can get more energy. You know, a cup of coffee will do it, but it's not a long term solution. But the besides the fatigue, it, it's other signs and signals to really hone into and look for adrenal issues or adrenal insufficiency, where your system just isn't responding to stress correctly. Is that say you have a really stressful day at work, a busy meeting, something like that. And you're like, okay, I got through it. But all of a sudden you realize later that you're so tired that you fell asleep on the couch before dinner, that type of fatigue, where it's a disproportionate fatigue to what's going on. You don't have enough oomph to react properly. You might have a hard time building lean muscle recovering well from doing a workout you know if somebody invites you to go for a oh let's go jogging on saturday morning and you're like cool yeah let's do it i jog sometimes i can do that and you go a little bit longer than you normally do and all of a sudden you are sore for days you might notice a change in your hair skin and nails meaning your hair is falling out more your skin just doesn't seem as bright or people notice their skin gets thinner or crepey, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the one of the biggest things when we start to turn this around that women say is they're like, my nails are growing fast. I have to cut my nails every week. <sighs> That's weird. And I'm like, That's good. <laughs> you should be cutting your nails. You know, you, your cells should be replicating and growing all the time. That's a sign of healing and health. And they're just shocked by that. My hair is growing faster. Oh my gosh, I have to go get my hair colored again. Normally I go every three months and now I'm doing going every two. I was like, perfect. That's what we wanted. <laughs> yeah, yes. So it is, you're right. It is more than that fatigue, but it can be just that your body gets worn out faster. Some people get like eye fatigue, meaning it gets tougher to read at night or sometimes even it's tougher to see in the dark. Like if it's too dim in the room and you're like, oh my gosh, if it's, if I don't have the lights all the way bright, I have a hard time seeing clearly, you know, your brain gets tired, brain fog, you're not having as much recall or as as good of a memory. There's just a lot of that, that you can, again, attribute to other things that maybe I just didn't sleep well. Maybe I just didn't whatever. But if this has been going on consistently for a period of time with no sign of it letting up. Time to get it checked. Yeah. That's a big signal that you have something you know, more systemic, something deeper going on. All right. 
All right. So let's move on to, and then we'll move on to weight loss and then we'll come back to like, okay, now what do we do? But I would love to go a little bit into hormones and weight loss. Cause I know that there's certainly a lot of hormones affecting it and an area to which again, it's like super frustrating for women that, Hey, I think I'm doing all the things right. And I read this article in health magazine that said to do X, Y, and Z. And like, why is it not working for me? What's wrong with me? Oh my gosh. You just like that phrase that you just said, everybody says that, what am I doing wrong? And what's wrong with me? Then it's like, nothing. You're trying to follow something that your system isn't designed for, right? When we look at our hormonal cycle and, you know, the female cycle is a average 28 day cycle. The first week of the month is very different than the last, right? An easy way to think of it is like, if you've ever gone to the gym and sometimes you're like, man, I'm kicking butt today. I just smashed this workout. I feel amazing. And then two weeks later, you go to the gym, you do the same workout, you stretched the same, you hydrated the same, you ate the same breakfast before you went. Yet you're like, oh my gosh, my legs are cement. I feel like garbage trying to do this workout. I can't even lift the same weights as I did two weeks ago. Oh, what's wrong with me? Nothing. Like you brought a different body to the gym that day, hormonally a different body. So when we talk about weight loss and everything and talk about metabolic changes, your body's metabolism is not the same all the time. Um, when your body has higher estrogen. So roughly days one through 14 of your hormonal cycle, estrogen is a more dominant hormone. Estrogen is going to build lean muscle easier. It is going to speed up your digestion. It is going to help you, you know, process things faster and burn carbs easier. And your metabolism is going to be on an uptick then. After ovulation, when your body is higher in progesterone for days, roughly again, 15 through 28, that slows things down your digestion slows down. So it's easier to get bloated. It's easier to get digestive issues at that point, especially if you eat a salad or something like, oh, I'm eating a lot of salads. I'm eating really healthy. Well, if your digestive system is slowed down and you're eating a lot of raw food, it's really hard on your gut. And also during that point, it's just harder to build lean muscle and fat burning is not a main priority at that point because of progesterone. And it's not that you can't get there. It just wouldn't be at the same caliber. It wouldn't be at the same level. So a lot of times to look at it in terms of metabolic changes, you would be looking at ramping things up in the first couple of weeks and sort of letting it ride for the next couple of weeks and then waiting till you can ramp things up again. And again, when you're in days one through 14. So Uh, meaning have a harder workout in those first two weeks and then maybe do more lighter yoga, et cetera in the second two weeks. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that again, seems very strange, but in the second two weeks, days 15 through 28, your system actually needs more nutrient. It's going to need more protein, more healthy fats at that point too. So you're actually going to be needing to eat more to honor what your body's going through at that point. So a lot of times people think, oh my gosh, I can't eat that much. I shouldn't eat that much. I'm getting these cravings, you know, If you're not eating enough, your body's going to see it as a depletion. And that's actually a warning sign to slow down your metabolism more. Wow. It is a, yeah, it's a very different thing when you look at your body's metabolism throughout the month, because it does change and that's okay. And it's, you know, that's the other thing. It's not bad. It's just different and it's different than a male body. And we're always told or told to train like, you know, oh, do this and all the time. And it's like, well, our bodies are not designed to be in fat burning like that all the time. 
So certainly then, as you were starting to allude to, we should be eating differently during those different phases. Mm-hmm. What would love to hear what your advice is for, you know, kind of, and obviously everybody's different. There's no one size fits all, but some generalized, what should we be eating? What's your perspective on protein? Because I know that's an area that certainly, I think we're all not women and men probably aren't eating enough protein, but even more so women not eating enough protein. So we'd love to hear your perspective on protein and carbs and fat. Yes. Yeah. So the main thing that I teach women how to do is how to eat for their cycle. And that is actually incorporating warming and cooling foods. And so this it sounds really different. This is an Eastern medicine to your food, but your food uh, can either be warming, cooling, or neutral. And so in the cooling phase, this would be days about one through 14 when your system is higher in estrogen. So honoring that lower basal body temperature that you have. So again, a lot of times gals don't necessarily take their basal body temperature on a regular basis because they're like, who cares? I'm not, you know, whatever, unless I'm, you know, working on fertility, I don't care what my basal body is and that's fine. But just knowing that your basal body temperature is lower at that point. So you're going to honor that lower basal body temperature and eat cooling foods. These are foods like chicken, turkey, fish, right? cooling proteins like that. You can have more raw fruits and vegetables. Not only are they cooler actual temperature wise, but the fiber component in them is actually broken down easier because your digestive system is cranking at a higher rate at that point too. Cooling spices and seasonings. You can use rosemary, thyme, you know, dill, cilantro, mint. All these things are very, very cooling for the body. And those are just great things to layer in and add in at that point to honor that lower basal body temperature. Yeah. Then after ovulation, we'd be working on the opposite. So after ovulation, when your body ovulates, your basal body temperature spikes and then stays increased for the rest of the month where gals have issues with cycles, irregular cycles, things like that. Oftentimes, if you're tracking your basal body temperature, you'll notice that it might come up, but then come down and it doesn't stay elevated. So this is where it's really helpful to lean into warming foods. Warming foods, you're actually going to be eating more red meats at this point. And it doesn't have to be just beef. You know, it can be bison, venison, you know, things like that. Eating more cooked fruits and vegetables, heating up that fibrous component so it's easier for your digestive system to break down. But the other thing to add in that's really easy is spices. Adding hot sauce, adding peppers, right? Also uh, cinnamon, ginger, very warming spices to layer into what you're doing. That's a great way to just shift how you're eating, eating warming and cooling. So you're eating throughout the month to honor what your hormones are doing. Super interesting. I've, I went off birth control a couple months ago and I've been using the natural cycles app. Uh Is that what it's called? Natural cycle, Mm -hmm. which has been fascinating. It's first of all, it's been like hundred percent accurate, which I can't believe how accurate it is as far as predicting when my period comes, but it, to your point is all about the temperature. And so it's been really interesting using that with my aura ring to see where my temperatures are. And I'm seeing that exact flow to my, to my month. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that cool? So and then cool. to know that like, okay, this is where my body's at. This is what it's doing. This is how I can honor that and help that pattern. Cause when that pattern gets disrupted, it can be, if you get sick or if you get stressed or something happens, it can throw off because your ovulation can be delayed, which then pushes everything out. So by having a pattern that you go off of, you're helping support that overall cyclic routine again and again and again. So it doesn't get thrown off as easily either. Yeah. 
yeah, I want to now start like journaling in my, my workouts to see on that cycle, like how I'm feeling and, and how it's correlated. So I'm excited. Um, okay. So moving back to, we know here's what we did at the beginning of the month, the end of the month, hot and cold. And then what about protein? What's your perspective on how much protein we should be having and how does that work with our hormones and muscle building and all that good stuff? Yeah. Excellent question. So, oh, protein is really the number one nutrient. I find that women are just not getting enough of like, it's not geared towards protein in any, again, a lot of this. Yeah. We're not being talked to. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, oh, eat healthy. Yes. Right. For sure. But we're not being told like, Hey, you need protein. And if your body is under stress, it's actually not going to rebuild your muscle tissue as easily because that's not the priority. Like that's the other thing we have to understand with our physiology is that our physiology is different. So it has a different order of priority when different things are happening in our system. And if you are under stress, you're going to need more protein again, especially chronic stress. If your hormones shift and change, you're going to need more protein just to maintain women who go through perimenopause into menopause. It actually takes more protein to do the same job that protein used to do in your system. So it's another thing we don't realize is that our bodies shift and change throughout our lifetime. And then we have to have to shift our nutrition to keep up with that too. So the protein piece of it is honestly a game changer. It's a complete game changer. And it doesn't have to be that you like sit down and eat, you know, hundred grams of protein in one shitting. No, it's pacing it throughout the day, doing protein pacing. What's your recommendation as far as how much do you think it's like one gram per pound of body weight? Is that your, there's, I mean, there's different recommendations. I know it's, it's easy to throw out like a general calculation, yeah. you know, of like 0.8 grams per pound of body weight or whatever. Sure. It just, it can depend, you know, in terms of your actual size, your goals, and health wise, what's going on. Cause if you have a lot of gut issues, it's hard to just go from eating 50 grams of protein to 150 grams of protein. That's going to create some gut issues there. And everybody is different. Like I'm six, two, like you can't, I'm on a screen. You can't see yeah. I am. I'm a very, I'm an Amazon of a human, like huge. And so the amount of protein I eat a day, you know, I'm looking to get at least 150 to 170 grams every day. Now, if I'm in a training session, if I'm training for something differently, I'm going to need to increase that. Again, I give a range because certain times of the month I eat more than protein than others. If I am under stress, I'm going to need more protein. So there's things like that, but not everybody needs to eat the, the same amount of protein I'm eating. Right. But I find that so many women have been so depleted in protein and it impacts your muscle building, all that stuff, which again, long-term health wise, it impacts our body's ability to build and maintain things like bone So risk of osteoporosis, osteopenia, all that stuff increases when you're not getting enough protein in and being active to help build that bone tissue. So in short, yes, eat more protein (laughs) and um, yeah. And anywhere from 0.8 to one gram per, you know, lean body mass that you have. But a lot of times when, when women actually count, they're only getting like 50 to 60 grams a day. And I'm like, okay, try and bump it up to maybe a hundred grams a day then, you know? Try and bump it up a little bit more and see how you do increasing by, you know, maybe 20 grams of protein a day every week until you're like, okay, I feel really full. I'm satiated. I'm I'm feeling good about things. Yeah. I feel like personally, I just did this exercise a little bit ago and started tracking my protein Yeah, and 
you know, to your point, I was probably at like 40 or 50 grams. I mean, so under eating and here I am doing like a ton of strength training and I'm wondering why I'm not getting stronger. And so the last month I've really been conscious of trying to get more protein and it's been such a game changer already. Right. Yeah. yeah. You, that's the crazy thing is that you can feel it like right away where you're yeah. like, where has this been all my life? <laughs> Absolutely. And it's not something that like came easy to me, not because I wasn't trying, I think probably for a lot of women, it's just that you might not be drawn to that as the type of food that you like. So it's learning how to incorporate it into your diet and something that works for you and getting it from great quality sources. Cause I'm yeah. certainly having more animal protein than I typically would have. So making sure that's coming from a quality source. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your perspective on intermittent fasting? Cause I feel like this is one that's I've heard differing opinions on, but definitely again, one that perhaps we've done a lot of studies on the amazing things for men and the benefits. And is it right for women? Yes. Oh yeah. This is a big one as well. So when we look at this again, just from a pure, like, oh, these are studies, this is research, this is stuff. Yes. Most of it is done on a male body. So you would have to then translate to a female body, which sometimes doesn't translate over that way. Some of the biggest mistakes I see with women jumping into intermittent fasting of any kind, because there's different schedules and things that you can follow is that they'll come from already a depleted state. They'll come from, oh, I was just eating 1200 calories a day to try and lose weight. I was just, I was just doing this restrictive thing. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, I know I'm going to try intermittent fasting. You just went from a depleted state to trying to do another depletion. So of course it's, it's not going to work. It's not going to do the thing in your body that it's meant to do, you know, or you are too stressed or not sleeping well, right. Or over exercising all these other things, thinking that intermittent fasting is going to work, do the thing. And then you're like, why isn't this working? Why am I not seeing these results? It's it's because your system isn't ready for it. So there are sometimes where a lot of women actually have to go through a priming session to get your system ready to do something like intermittent fasting. And then at that point, a lot of the intermittent fasting that I do recommend is designed for a female body. So it's a it's gentler. It's not aggressive. It is tiptoeing into it, making sure that you're feeling good, making sure that you're not getting any dizziness, any gut disruption, things like that. Um, but when intermittent fasting is done correctly, it can be really positive for the right person. Again, not for everybody, not cookie cutter, but it can help with your digestive system because it does provide healing to your digestive system. It can help boost your immune system. It can help you tap into deeper fat burning stores. Yes, absolutely. But again, for the female body, it does not do it at the same length, at the same rate as a male body. So to also just keep that in mind, like for men to do fasting, like they could do some fasting and lose, you know, oh, they lose three pounds in a week. <laughs> Women, that's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> right. So it is, it is very different and there can be different, you know, times of the month that you would want to fast. Um, some women notice that they, you know, like doing fasting right before your period starts is actually not a great time to do it because your system is already needing so many calories. There's already so many things going on internally that fasting at that point depletes you more and you just don't feel good. Okay. Then wait till after your period ends and then do fasting there. This is another, like from an Eastern medicine standpoint as well, too, when we talk about overall health. And again, the way they phrase it is constitution, your overall, like internal vitality. 
And if you are fasting too much or doing it, you know, around like on your period or when you're ovulating or things like that, that can actually deplete your overall constitution. So there's just different, there's different ways to do it. And again, depending on what your goals are and depending on what you're looking to get out of fasting, because it can do a lot of different things, Sure. Um, but it can be done. Most of the time I see it done incorrectly. And then women are like, ah, oh, shoot, this didn't work for me. Where did I go wrong? What's wrong with me? <laughs> Too much blame that we have yes, on ourselves. Right? Yes. So if you were to say, and I know this is hard because we're all different and all coming for different reasons, but if you could generalize a little bit mm-hmm. and you know, you were to say, here's the top three things, top three tips for women dealing with hormone issues, which again, I realize it's like a very vast statement, mm-hmm. but if you could kind of bucket it, or can you bucket it into kind of top three things that women should do to feel their best? Yes, absolutely. So eat and exercise for your hormones, eat more protein, and then make sure you're managing your sleep and stress. So with one eat for your hormones, meaning what specifically? Like eat the, like eat warming and cooling. Okay. Alternate that piece of it to honor what your system is doing. That's, that is a game changer right there. I've had, there was a gal, this is one of my favorite stories. She had had twin boys and they were about 18 months old at the time. And she was like, I feel like I'm going crazy. She's like, I used to have a regular, like 28 to 30 day cycle all the time. I had these twin babies and now my hormones are all messed up. And she's like, I have my period every 19 days, every 20 days. I don't even know what's happening anymore. So we started doing just eating for your cycle. And after it took a couple of months and all of a sudden she calls me and she was like, 27 days, Wow, 27 days. <laughs> I feel so different. I feel like myself again. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's amazing. amazing. Yeah. But it's that stuff that you can just, oh, it feels so much better to honor where your body's at versus trying to force it or fight it, you know? Sure. Okay. So we have eating for our cycles is one, mm-hmm. two, the protein. Eat more protein and three stress and sleep, stress and sleep. Yeah. Again, with our go, go, go all the time, we ignore the stress. Oh, if my arm didn't fall off today, I'm going to keep going. Okay. (laughs) So it's all that holistic view of needing to make sure all the parts of our life are feeling balanced. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's incredible when you start making some of these little changes, like the, the protein piece of it alone. I have, this is actually a friend of mine from high school. We were chatting and she was like, I'm just so not motivated. I just, I have such a hard time getting all my things done that I need to get done. You know, I work and I take care of my kids and I have to get dinner and blah, 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 and all these things. But she was talking about all the healthy things that she's doing. Cause she's like, if I get healthier, I can do the things. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. But So we talked about stuff and then I asked her about her protein intake. And when she kind of gave me a rundown, I was like, dude, you're only getting like 30 grams of protein a day. You need way more than that. Oh my gosh. Can we like triple it (laughs) to start? Yeah. So she got more protein and it was so funny. It was just a few days later. She goes, sent me a message and she's like, I can't believe how motivated I am. She just kept saying that over and over. I'm so motivated. I got all my stuff done. I put the kids to bed. And then I cleaned out this closet that's been bugging me because I'm so motivated now. I was like, oh, that's amazing. You just have energy because you're actually (laughs) eating protein now. (laughs) 
Yeah. But that's the stuff I feel like when we're, when our bodies function better and we feel better, we actually live the, the life that we really want to live with ease. You know, we're not fighting it. We're not struggling. We're not like in our heads. I think you had said like the self-blame part of it. That's yeah. yeah, You're so right on that. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, we're going to move into some rapid fire Q and a. Okay. In addition to your own book, what is your favorite must read health book? Besides doing harm, I'm going to say there's a book called Setting Boundaries Will Set You Free by Nancy Levin. And I know it's on boundaries, but that's the other place I feel like women need a lot of guidance. Is with Which plays in distress. <laughs> Three favorite products for women's health. Ooh. So supplement wise, I actually have my own supplements. I created tinctures that actually go along with your cycle. So one for estrogen, one for progesterone, oh, to cool. help your system regulate and everything. So that is really helpful for hormone regulation. The other thing that I really like, there's a, it's called butter me up organics. I think um, they make this uh, lotion with magnesium in it, which is really helpful for muscle relaxation, muscle cramps, or when people have like jumpy legs at night, really, really helpful for relaxation, sleep and magnesium. Again, a lot of people are deficient in magnesium as well. That's, that's a second one. And then, oh my gosh, red lights, red lights, red light therapy. That would be the other one. Which and I guess what do you not- think is the biggest benefit to red light yeah, in your opinion? Light, yeah. Helps a ton with decreasing inflammation. And for a lot of women that struggle with hormonal, like uh, PMS symptoms, cramps, painful periods, painful ovulation, things like that. Using a red light can be super, super helpful for that. Awesome. Yeah. The best advice you've gotten in the last six months. Um, You can't teach someone to swim while they're drowning. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I, I like rapid fire stuff or I get so pumped about things. And someone was like, yeah, maybe like scale it. Like, like tone it down a minute here. Like, <laughs> like I get that you're like pumped about this. This is so great, but you're, I, I'm a lot sometimes. And they were like, yeah, you just, just remember, you can't teach someone how to swim while they're drowning. It's like throw, throw them a floaty first. Okay. <laughs> a favorite book or podcast for growth. Psycho-Cybernetics is a book. It's an old book by Maxwell Maltz. And uh, he talks a lot about mindset, visualization, things like that. Have you read it? No. Psycho-Cybernetics? Sounds interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. He was a uh, plastic surgeon in the 50s. So before they people did a lot of plastic surgery for just cosmetic reasons, but for like, oh, they got an accident and they got sure. like their nose disfigured or something, then they would get plastic surgery. And he noticed that the mindset behind people was... Sometimes their personality would come back and sometimes not. So he dove into the mindset piece of it and to help understand, you know, why. And then he talks about like visualization, setting yourself up for success. But that book is really insightful. Yeah. Oh, super cool. I'll have to check it out. Favorite words to live by. I feel like I'm bad at the rapid fire. (laughs) All right. (laughs) You're so bad. (laughs) My favorite words to live by, I don't know. I always say like, it's the best day ever. Like if my husband, like if we're doing something or we have to go somewhere with the kids and we're, I mean, like, we're like, yeah, okay, best day ever. Here we go. We're going to have a good time. (laughs) Even if we're just running errands. (laughs) Love it. Love a positive attitude. And lastly, what is your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey? Ooh, 
Um, watching your own energy and creating your own space for yourself. I feel like a lot of us are, again, go, go, go. Women in general, we are so focused on serving of others, which is so wonderful, but it's almost like you set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. And it becomes so difficult then to bring that back. And then by the time you realize that you're this charred mess of ashes and how do you rebuild from that? So if you can really realize where is your energy being spent? Who is your energy being spent with? Are you getting a return on your investment of energy? You know, like with eating, are you eating healthy and are you actually getting the energy that you want from your food? If yes, awesome. If not, that's what you would need to look into. Watch your energy to where you're putting your energy in your places. Are you receiving that back or not? Because otherwise you're just depleting yourself left, right, and center. That's where you get in a really tough spot. But if you can pay attention to your energy, that tells you a lot. I love that. So important. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. In closing, where can everybody find you and anything else you want to share with our community? Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. This has been so fun. Yeah, I am. I'm on the interwebs, the the Facebook, the TikTok, the Instagram at Dr. Beth Westy. Um, I have a, a YouTube channel. It's at Dr. Beth Westy as well, where I, I have a ton of videos. So a lot of the stuff that we talked about with nutrition or things like that. Um, I have a ton of videos on that as Great. well, where you can dive into that. So yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Yay, thank you. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.